say. We're we're thinking of listening. And uh, there's a surprising amount uh, of sound in the Bible. Setting aside all the Psalms, which are songs or prayers that are given over to the Lord. There's, of course, speaking between people. There are noises, there are storms that happen. There's great conflicts. And, of course, there is the Word of God. The Bible begins with silence. Just very briefly, silence. But silence nonetheless. An empty universe into which God creates the heavens and the earth. And to which he then brings order. He adds light making day and night, and introduces the concepts of separation and of time. As each day happens in creation, God speaks, and his will is done. It's unclear, of course, to whom God speaks. Is it to himself? Is it to the angels of the heavens? Is it to the elements of nature? It's a challenge. We don't really know. But the world as we know it comes into being when the command is spoken. And God's will is done and it is seen to be good. And as Genesis continues through, the challenge is whether we, humanity, have listened. Have we listened carefully? And have we understood? And have we decided to respond in the way that we're called to? When Eve speaks... She does not give the serpent an accurate account of what God has said about the tree of knowledge. We do not know if that is because she has misheard or simply that she is embellishing due to her place local rules that she attaches. Things that she's put on what she thinks of the tree. And then by the time we get ten chapters later, and arrive at the city of Babel. There is still only one common language, a language that everybody speaks. And although they can agree and they can plan and they can develop new ideas, new changes, they've not been listening. They've not listened to the message that was given just as Noah and his family came out of the ark that they were to go forth and multiply to fill the earth they've not listened to God that people and as a result God chooses to confuse the people by bringing different voices to their tongues 
time and again, people choose what they want to hear. But they often hear the things of the world rather than the word of God. How they respond to the message, to the word, is seen sometimes in different ways. Sometimes they're following close and they just get it a bit wrong. Other times they go quite wayward. Tonight's passage, we see somebody that's a bit too focused on what they think the issue is, rather than what God would have them hear and respond. What was the question God asked? What was the question? What are you doing here? Yeah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you up to? What are you playing at? The prophet doesn't say, I came here to hide. He doesn't say, I came because I'm scared. He doesn't say, to seek your direction. Nor does he mention the strength we gain from being in God's presence. He doesn't say he came here to Mount Horeb because that's where the burning bush was or where the commandments were handed out to Moses he doesn't speak about that special relationship with that place is it he feels this is the only place for contact or is there some other reason? I don't know. I wonder if Elijah actually listened to the question. What are you doing here? Why are you here? You know, it gets asked of him twice. Once when he's kind of first there, and the Lord has helped him get there. There's been a period of 40 days and 40 nights as he's journeyed. Similar to that time uh, for Moses before the uh, encounter he had uh, on the mountaintop. A time of uh, sort of preparation almost for the meeting. What are you doing here? It is as if he's gone there to meet with the Lord. But he doesn't say that. Maybe that question, you know, what are you doing here? Is something we need to examine ourselves with. We come, hopefully, because we want to meet with the Lord. We want to have an encounter as we gather together. But maybe we come out with lots of other reasons, just as Elijah does there. Elijah comes out with those reasons not just once, but when the question is repeated, 
after the whisper, he comes out with the same thing again. It's as if he didn't listen properly to what was going on on the mountainside at all. He recognises that that was the point that was God. The prophet seems to know that God is in the whisper, not in the violence of the rock-shattering wind, not the shaking of the earthquake, not whatever noise the fire made or whatever heat passed by the entrance of the cave. But yet whatever is spoken in that whisper seems lost to the man. There is a whisper there. But it might as well just be a little kind of whoosh, 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 type sound. When I was young, when I was really young, um, and problem with glue ear, you know, Faith had the same problem uh, some years ago when she was very young too. Um, and I couldn't really hear properly. Um, my ears were blocked up. I didn't. And when somebody whispered to me, I didn't really hear it. I just heard a kind of wishy, a bit like a noisy tap or something. You know, and I, and I kind of wonder, has, it, has Elijah heard the whisper? Because he doesn't seem to respond to it, really. He's heard that it's there. He's heard that there's something that's happened. He knows that God is present. But it doesn't change his behaviour, it doesn't change his response, it doesn't change his being. And there's no confidence there. Elijah is still feeling alone and weak and vulnerable. In the previous chapter... Elijah had been told there were still a hundred prophets of God hiding in the caves. In the previous chapter, Elijah's prayers on Mount Carmel are answered. And the Lord sends down a fire upon a soaking wet altar. And uh, the altar bursts into flames and a sacrificial bull is burnt up showing that the Lord is God, not that Baal, false God, that people had been praying to all afternoon. No, there is one true God. In the previous chapter, many decided to lie prostrate before the Lord, and they worship God. In the previous chapter, King Ahab had seen the power of God over nature. Yet here in chapter 19, Elijah seems to have forgotten all that. And yes, there is a risk. Yes. Um, Jezebel is wanting him to be dead. But any hope... Any sign of God's presence, wherever you are, you know, 
pays ransomed on Mount Carmel, you don't have to be at Horeb. Elijah seems to have forgotten it all. He is fearful and he hides. But despite that, God does not admonish him. God loves him. God is slow to anger and swift to bless. And he takes the fearful Elijah, the Elijah that's stressed about there's no other prophets other than, of course, the hundred that are in the cave nearby. God takes Elijah that doesn't seem to have heard what was in the whisper. He takes Elijah and gives him a new task. Anoint a new king. New king for Aram. New king for Israel. And anoint someone to follow in your footsteps too. Find Elisha. Anoint him. The message is to be clear that God takes the lead. New kings are coming, a new prophet is coming. The message of God will continue and things will be done God's way. God takes the lead and he will speak his message. And when God speaks, he challenges and directs. But we have to have open ears. We have to have open minds and not be set in our way. We have to have hearts that are open to hear what he might be saying to us. It's no use being lost in our own thoughts and our own conversations like Elijah is. He just keeps on coming out with the same answer, even though his answer is inaccurate and God has already heard what he said if we keep coming out the same thing we're not listening to his will his voice his command will lead to order out of chaos to the growth of the kingdom to the fulfilment of his plan. And that is what is in store. And that is nothing new. That's what God's voice did in the days of creation. He spoke and structure came and order came out of chaos. It's what will happen in the end days as the trumpet sounds and Christ returns. A new order will come to the chaos of the earth. And it's what he can do in the days that we're in, in between the Alpha and the Omega, 
the beginning and the end. When we are in that time of chaos, we have to listen. Listen with our ears, with our head, with our heart, and find what God's way forward may be. Amen.